Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors. Real contractors, true stories, real solutions. So here's the deal. We want to help as many contractors as we possibly can, but Eric and I need your help. So do us a favor when the podcast is over, leave us a review, share it with other contractors. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you're looking for a community to join, connect with other like-minded contractors, check out our free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Group. There's lots of great conversations and uh, business going on in that group. Or if you're looking to step up your business and take it to the next level, check out our paid coaching group called The Profit Club. You can find out more information about that at our website at hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. So on today's call, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. And if you don't know what that is, Eric's going to explain it because he's a, he's a pro at it. I'm a pro imposter or I'm a pro yeah, understanding yeah. what imposter syndrome is? You're a pro at being an imposter. Well... If you're on a constant journey to self-mastery, you're like always stepping to the next level and you you always are doubting yourself. Imposter syndrome is basically when you you doubt yourself at where you're at. And when it really gets, it's, it's like a mental problem, right? If you really let it get inside your head, you start thinking what other people are thinking. Like people don't think I'm good enough to be where I'm at or where I'm attempting to be. But it's... It's really in your mind. Sometimes people don't even care or sometimes people think you're better than you are. You just think you're the one that's not as good as you think you are. I think a lot of people, I think more people than what would admit suffer from imposter syndrome. And they may not know that that's what it's called. You know, they may not have a know that has a name or a label. But I guarantee you that most contractors, if not all of them at some point in their business, have suffered from imposter syndrome. I would agree, for sure. Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I guess it's if you let it really get to your head and let it pull you down. I think, I think a little bit of self-doubt is probably healthy. Keeps you humble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there's times early in my business where, you know, it's like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I, I know this works. I know this business model works because there's other companies out there that are successful doing the same thing I'm doing. And so I start looking at it and saying, you know, am I not smart enough? Do I know what do I don't do I not have enough experience? Am I not working hard enough? Like what it, what is going on? Something is wrong. I'm doing something wrong that's preventing me from get to to where I want to go. And so you start to feel like I'm not good enough to do this. You know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I need to go get a job and 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 stop trying to run my own business. Like those, all those things have gone through my head hundreds and hundreds of times over the years, especially early on when I just couldn't figure out how to do stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? To, to bring it in the most basic sense, it's like, um, like the real basic sense, we'll get back to contracting, but like, you could be like, okay, you're going to be a father. You know, a lot of people 
have an accidental accidental pregnancy and now they're going to be a father and then they start getting in their head like I'm not a good dad I don't know what I'm going to do and so like that's a little that's a little sense of imposter syndrome people get married they're like hey I'm now I'm suddenly a husband maybe I'm I'm not qualified maybe I'm not making enough money to provide for the family and my wife wants kids what am I doing here like am I am I feel like I'm a fraud I think imposter syndrome really relates back to you believing you're a fraud that that's that's the most basic sense of the way I can explain it. And whether that's being a good boyfriend, a good husband, a good father, a good whatever, it all translates across. And I think it's pretty common that people think that way. But, you know, putting this into the entrepreneurial world, I think a lot of our listeners, again, are craftsmen turning entrepreneurs, turning into businessmen. They don't even know what the shit they're doing in the business world. Like all of a sudden, like, oh God, I got to pay taxes. Like they're, they're still figuring it out. And so the fact that they are in an uncomfortable position because they don't know what they're doing and now they own their own business, it's like, like oh, shit, I'm a fraud. What am I doing here? That's, that's a real sense of imposter syndrome. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, I think at the core, what it is, is doubt, right? When, when doubt enters your mind, then your mind takes over and is like, oh, you doubt that you're smart enough? Okay, I'll show you 18 reasons why you're not smart enough. You know what I mean? Oh, you yeah. doubt that you're not, you're not, uh, you don't have enough experience? Okay, I'll show you 47 reasons why you don't have enough experience. Yeah, your I brain's mean, a computer, man. You 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 uh, tell it something and it wants to validate what you said. So why don't you ask yourself better questions? Well, this I mean, this can go down a whole rabbit hole of, you know, affirmations and goal statements and all kinds of things that you should be doing in your business. But from a from an imposter syndrome side of it, you know, it's <clears throat> that is what it is, it's doubt. But the question is where does the doubt come from? Right? How, where does imposter syndrome? What creates it? What causes it to happen? Like, because I mean, there's times where I'm like rocking and rolling in my business, thinking, "Oh man, this is awesome. We're kicking butt. I'm doing this," and then something happens, and the next thing you know, you know, it could be an hour later after saying how awesome I am. It could be the next day, a week later, whatever. And then it's like, man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I shouldn't even be doing this. Something happened, something triggered that to cause that anxiety, to cause that doubt to come in. Well, I mean, that's just, that's the ebb and flow. That's the balance. And again, this is going to come back to humility. It's like, I think a certain amount of it's healthy to keep you humble, right? If you were over the top and you just thought you were invincible and you weren't humble enough to learn, then you'd get in trouble. So the problem is if, if if you get on that scale and one side drops you real hard and then you jump on the other scale and it drops up, it's like you have to find that little, it's like a balancing act, I think. And so I think to a degree, this is a healthy, it's a healthy way to think. But then again, you have to, as long as you you take it and then you like use it as a strength and you use it as leverage to get better. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you can you can use it to to get better, but I mean, other people get crippled by imposter syndrome. You know, they get to the point and they're like, "I shouldn't be doing this." I'm, you know, I'm an imposter. I'm, I'm like living in somebody's body. Like I'm a totally different person living in, in a totally different body, and they can't get past that. You know what I mean? So it's not like something that everybody can just use as fuel to to move to the next level. I mean, some people are crippled by it. 
I would say for the most part, I would say the people that are super crippled by it probably don't get as far as episode 20 with Hammer and Grind. I, I, I would I would imagine that. I do believe that, you know, if you get if if that's just your tendency, you have victim mentality, it cripples you, you, you never you never break that you never break that barrier, you never get off the couch. You never make that call. You never turn around. You never sign that paper to get your own business. You never tap into the computer how to start an LLC. You never you never get past that. I would venture to say that. But I do believe I do believe we all hit a barrier like we'll get going and you hit a, I, I I do believe that contractors hit a wall can get pulled down and sometimes it could be it could be something harsh that would pull you into that really dark spot. Maybe a divorce, maybe a loss in the family, maybe, you know, like some something like that could pull you down and then you start questioning yourself. I, I think the people that are true entrepreneurs and are, are coming up and their journey to self-mastery and they want to get better, I think that they can get dark, but they can drag their knuckles across the floor and stand up and rise above it. I think everyone would agree, you know, if something tragic happens, uh, loss of life, family member, whatever, I mean, those are certainly going to trigger some, you know, depression or some anxiety and things like that. I mean, in my mind, that's kind of a given, right? I I I think what I'm more concerned with in terms of imposter syndrome is when there's really no reason to have imposter syndrome and it just comes out of nowhere. And then, you know, you just kind of, it's like, what's going on here? I mean, the, I've come to the, the, in my business, in my life, I've come to the understanding that if I'm having a really, really, really bad day in my business, and, you know, we've joked on here about, I quit my business like 167,000 times. When I have those kind of days and I'm like, that's it, I'm done. I'm not going to do it anymore. I just make a rule of like, dude, just go to sleep, go home, go to sleep. Not not then, but finish the day out, sleep on it, wake up tomorrow, and then think about whether or not it's, you know, you need to make this action. And 100% of the time, it's different, right? A lot of times, it's an hour later, it's different. Two hours later, end of the night, it's totally different. It's just in that moment, and I get those thoughts of, you know, oh, well, this is, uh, I'm an imposter. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm having all these, you know, racing thoughts going through my head. It's just take a breath, sit on it, come back and then and revisit it tomorrow. And then for me, that's how I can kind of get through those those times. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I've had weeks, you know, where it's just like every day something bad's going on. And you're like, why am I doing this? This is, this sucks. And then, you know, the next week, something awesome happens and it just kind of erases all of those bad feelings. Yeah. Again, it's balance. It's finding your flow. I think I think sometimes when people are transitioning, people, contractors, when you're transitioning, I think that's that's a really challenging spot. You might start another division of your company and maybe make an expansion. I see a lot of contractors do that, whether they might be you know, a landscape contractor and then they want to get into doing ponds or they're, or they're pond guys and they want to expand into doing landscaping. And then maybe suddenly they're expanding into swimming pool construction because it makes sense because of it's a, it's a close tie to what they do. And then suddenly they're in a field where they're, they feel uncomfortable. And I think that's, 
that's an interesting spot to be in as, as you expand and you start to judge yourself. You feel like you're being judged by others, questioning your moves. You, you lack some experience and you're like, what am I doing? I, I, I think I'm a pool contractor. I'm a total imposter. This is not really what I'm good at. And so you start to question yourself. That's the balancing act. Hopefully you ground yourself, you do some studying, you, you lean into some peers you get the information you need and you wake the hell up and you get back after it. So I, I want to start a new segment here, Eric. A new segment in our podcast, podcast called Real Talk. Real Talk with Brad Hebner. Real Talk with Brad and Eric. That sounds better. So listen, you know, and you know this because I've talked to you about it, but when we started Hammer and Grind and we decided we were going to do this and start our, our group and, and just the whole the whole movement that we're trying to do. There were many, many times where I would message Eric and be like, hey, dude, we don't even know what the hell we're doing. I mean, like full-on imposter syndrome. <laughs> Who's going to listen to us on a podcast? Nobody knows who we are. Like all these thoughts and stuff going through our head. And here's what's crazy about it. It was never because someone said you know, you guys suck or you guys don't know what you're talking about or you don't have enough experience. Like literally, as far as I know, Eric, and maybe you haven't, haven't shared with me, but we haven't had a single person to date, like reach out and say that you suck or don't know what you're doing or, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Like not a, not a single negative comment has come out of it. If any, I mean, all we've ever received is positive comments. And so those are the kind of the, you know, you have those thoughts of, Man, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. We don't know what we're doing. And then the next day, someone's like, dude, I heard your podcast and it like really fired me up. Like I really, it, it motivated me to make this change in my business. And that's like the best feeling in the world, right? Or we have one of our, our members in our profit club is like, wow, I, you know, we've never, never knew what my numbers were until you, you know, sat down and, and, sh and figure that out with us. And now we actually know what kind of money we're making in our business and we can grow and do all these things. Like that stuff happens and it's awesome. And we love, I mean, Eric and I both love that. That's why we do this because we want to help other contractors. But man, there are, there are days where Eric, you know, and it's funny because I'll like message Eric and say, hey, you know, we don't know what the hell we're doing. And he'll be like, no, we know we do this, 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 and this. And he's all positive. And then a week later, Erica messaged me like, man, we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> and then I'll be like, what are you talking about? We did this and we're doing this and blah. So it happens to everyone. This isn't something that, you know, it just happens whenever you're new. I mean, there's professional athletes, professional businessmen, like at all levels of life, imposter syndrome creeps in. And so... I just want to share that that happens to me probably more than Eric, but I know it's happened to both of us and it's real. I mean, and, and getting through that is the most important thing and thinking that you're alone in that. I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to share here is that you're not alone in those thoughts. Bring it in for a group hug. Bring it in. Oh, that feels good. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Listen, this, this uh, we're, we're approaching 16 minutes in the podcast right now. And I was like, after like 15 minutes ago, I was like, are we going to talk about coaching and, and how I feel and, and all this? Because, you know, Brad hit me up. And he's like, bro, let's start a podcast and let's see if we can help some contact uh, contractors. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm that kind of person. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can help people like that. You know, and it, it's interesting because 
I, I have, you know, for the past decade, every now and then if someone will reach out and go, hey, can you help me come up with a name for my business? Can you help me with the logo? You know, and it's interesting because if one person asks, a hundred people have thought it, but, you know, not too many people act upon it. So it's that 1% that acted upon it. And so, you know, the fact that you reached out and said, hey, let's let's do this. And I was like, okay, that could be fun. That's interesting. I think I have enough people that might have a, you know, we can get at least five or six listeners. Let's do the podcast, right? But then when you go, you're like thinking like, oh, I don't know enough to help anybody, but there's a lot of assumed knowledge there. And I mean, man, getting your ass kicked for 25 years in business, you learn a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of things that you can share with people to shorten the learning curve. You know, that that's a little overwhelming and humbling when you get it at the same time. So yeah, I, I go through imposter syndrome. Do I know enough to teach anybody to save some time and, and help them in their business? Sometimes I wonder. Well, I learned many years ago that, you know, there used to, there's kind of the stigma of in order to teach somebody else something, you have to be like the expert, the foremost expert, right? Like you have to be the guy that knows everything about said topic. And the reality of it is all you have to do is know something more than some, than what the other person knows, right? And everyone's at different positions in their business. You know, are we going to, are we going to be helping a contractor or builder or somebody has been doing it for 30 years, 40 years, second generation, third generation, you know, $50 million in business a year? Like probably not. I mean, there's probably a few things they can learn, but we're not going to be helping every single person, right? But you've been doing this for over 20 years. I've been doing this for over 11 years. I'm pretty sure there's enough experience that we could help somebody who's only been in business for one year or five years or maybe even 10 years. Or maybe someone who's trying a different you know, part of their business, like you said, a different division that they don't know much about. So the reality of it is when you're trying to... And this, this isn't about coaching. This is about also in your business, right? All you have to do is know how to do one thing better than someone else in order to be able to help them in order to provide a service or a value that's worth it. Does that make sense? Or am I just like making up stuff here? No, I mean, you're right on track. I mean, there's a lot of contractors that have an, a, a mediocre year. Okay. And then they do a little bit better the next year. And then they kind of, they kind of hit this weird little roller coaster for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It happens all the time that, that sometimes they don't reach out and never break out of that barrier. They no, never look for assistance. I mean, listen, I mean, we're in this crazy world in the past decade. You know, you have YouTube and Google and, and videos and Facebook and peer groups and all this stuff where you can like re really reach out and learn stuff. But if you think back, there's a lot of contractors, you know, 20 years ago that they, they, they didn't read. You know, they didn't read a book to try and learn. They just had the same shitty year for 20, 30 years in a row. And some some contractors are waking up and even if they're older, they're kind of like, okay, I'm going to get into this and learn, right? So I think that, I think there's a lot of value that can be provided in the fact that we're in this digital age. We can, you know, you and I can do a podcast halfway across the country and, and record it live virtually and and help people like that. So yeah, I think I think there's, there's a lot of assumed knowledge. There's a lot of things that I know that I that I learned through 
failure and that I can share with people and shorten the learning curve. That That's a big deal to me. So I want to take a little different uh, angle on this. I, as we've talked about many, many times on the podcast, I do competitive pistol shooting. And when I first got started, I think it's been, what, five years now, I was watching tons of YouTube videos, like trying to learn as much as I could, right? Even though I was in the Marines and I knew how to shoot, I, was, I wasn't a competitive shooter and it's a totally different kind of type of shooting. So I was watching videos and there's guys like Jerry Michalak, who's, you know, he's one of the pioneers in competition. There's videos of him, all, all kinds of stuff. And so I found this one guy who's a very, very well-known competitive shooter. I mean, multi, 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 multi-time national world champion in, in, in several different uh, disciplines. And so he was, you know, he was something that I, I kind of modeled after. Well, for my birthday a couple of years ago, my wife got me a private coaching session with him. It was a full day of coaching with him at his house. He has he has a range behind his house. Now, how cool is that, Eric? I mean, he's got like a full size range. Behind amazing, his house. so amazing. I mean, steel, you know, all moving targets, like the whole gamut of everything you would possibly need. And so. We and it was in Ohio, so we drive. You know, it was a it was a weekend getaway for my birthday. We go to Ohio. I spent all day Friday shooting with him. And two two things about this: one, which is totally unrelated to the story, but I, I went. We shot eight hundred rounds that day. That's how much I shot. Eight hundred rounds of bullets. That's a good day. Anytime you can shoot eight hundred rounds, <laughs> that's a good day of shooting. Amen. But but. I walk in this guy's house. It's a very modest ranch house. Where I'm sitting at his dining room table. We're having a conversation and talking. You know, I had this kind of, um, I put him up on a pedestal because he, I mean, the guy's good. He is a very well-known shooter. He's very good. But by the end of the day, what, what, what came out of that, the, the thing that I learned the most from that day was not about techniques or stuff. It was the fact that he was just a normal guy like you and I. There was no difference between him and me other than he put more time in. He put, you know, thousands of reps in and he dedicated his life to that being able to shoot well. That's the only difference. It, it wasn't because he was smarter or faster or more athletic or knew more. Like it, it wasn't any of that. It was just pure dedication to the sport and putting in the reps. And Honestly, I, I almost felt bad for him when I left because he was a single guy because he travels all over the world and does classes. And, you know, he didn't have a family. He doesn't have a, didn't have a wife. And so it, it kind of looked like a bachelor lonely lifestyle. And I almost felt bad for the guy. But eight hours prior to that, I was like worshiping him as a shooter. Like, oh my gosh, you know, starstruck. Like, oh, it's, it's him. And I'm in his living room. And, you know, and then eight hours later, I was like, wow. I kind of feel bad for the guy. And so a lot of this stuff is, it, it, it is a, it's not, a, it is a mindset, but it's like a, it's an image that we put in our heads and then we see other people. We compare ourselves to the guy down the road, the contractor down the road, who looks like he's got the nice truck and the trailers and the, you know, all the toys and all of this stuff going on. And we're like, man, I'll never be as good as him. And I can't, I'll never be able to measure up to him. And, I'm just an imposter and blah, blah, blah. 
But what you don't realize is that guy down the road is in debt up to his eyeballs. He's one job away from losing everything, right? Because he maxed out his credit to get all that stuff. That's the stuff you don't know what's going on behind people and their businesses. And so if anything that you can take away from this, for me, it's that we all have something to offer someone else. And whenever you have those seeds of doubt, look, go back and look at all your accomplishments. Go back and look at what all you did. It doesn't take long to realize that, oh, wow, I really do know what I'm doing. I do belong here. Yeah, that's a pretty fun story. And it, it puts some perspective into things because as amazing as that guy is a shooter, he's, he's probably outrageous, amazing, right? But he's just a normal guy. And there's, there's, each one of our listeners are probably amazing and outrageous at, at certain things in their life. And but they're normal people. They put their pants on the same way we do. You know, they. You know, it's 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 just all it's all perspective. I would say that w- one time, you know, it's it's weird for me because I started I started my business because I loved fish, and so there was like this really fun passion all along the way. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to start a you know building ponds to make money and like just you grind through it and figure it out. Like there was so much excitement for me playing with fish all day and actually getting paid to do it. it. It's crazy that I didn't have much imposter syndrome at the time because I knew so much more about fish than anybody that I knew at the time. And this is like pre-internet days. So I couldn't look up to any other amazing aquarists that are in the world that there's hundreds better than I am. But I, I was totally unaware. I was ignorant, right? I was just like, I'm the best that I know about fish in my in my immediate area. So it was like, I didn't have that imposter syndrome. But an interesting thing happened to me in 2011, 2010, I decided to build my own pond skimmer. And today it's my patented skimmer. But it really fell into my lap. And when it, when it happened, I just wanted to, I wanted like a manufacturer to take it, like pick, pick it up for me and pay me handsomely. And then make me like the brand ambassador to that product and like I would help them do it, right? Because I'm not a manufacturer. It's not wasn't my passion. And I think that's the really the first time in my career that really I hit a like a brick wall because now suddenly I wasn't able to attract a manufacturer to pick it up for me because we were just coming out of 2008, 9, 10. It was like a pretty tough time. Here is 2010, I'm pitching this thing. 2011, I'm producing it. 2012, I go to market with that skimmer. And so I called myself the accidental manufacturer. That's like, I still call myself that today. I still don't even look at myself as a manufacturer. I feel like I'm an imposter in that area. Although I know like I have a different perspective today, but like, I was like, what am I doing? I'm not a manufacturer. And yet everyone from across the country wanted my pond skimmer because it was unique and innovative and fish friendly and different. But that was a really like brick wall moment for me. Like the first time it really sunk in like deep into my soul that I was an imposter. So how did you get over that? What if I told you I haven't? Are you telling me you haven't? <laughs> um, I almost haven't. You know, it's, it's really weird because that, that's just like this ancillary part of my business. It's not like the, it could be, it could be the main I could literally quit everything I do and just go do that and and probably lead a pretty good life if I put all my energy into it. But 
it's not totally my passion really, you know, and I'm just, I'm pouring some stuff out. I've never, I've never really told a lot of people, right? You know, that's it, why it's called real talk, man. It's yeah. real talk with Brad and Eric. Yeah, it's real talk. I mean, it, it's a fun part of my business. It's a very special part of my business and I love it. Um, it's just that, you know, it's, it's really weird. I don't want to go into too depth, but you know, that happened in 2012, 2015, I had cancer. I thought I was going to freaking die. I was like, oh, okay, it's over. Who can we sell this to to support my family in, you know, while I'm dead, every, like my family can have some money, like, and then, you know, two, three years I'm recovering. And so like, there, it, it's, it's brought me through some dark times. And so like, I always, it's a really special part of my life that, that skimmer and that, that imposter syndrome that's always there. It's in my pocket right now, Brad. It, like literally, it's in my front left pocket. Your skimmer is? No, my imposter syndrome. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, what was interesting about when I went to that, that coach and I was in his house, on his wall, he had a shelf that had his, he had two world championship trophies. And when I was looking at them, they were covered in dust. That's crazy because you're like, this is like, this is like the specialist moment in, ever. Like you, you look up to it so much and to him, it's just, it's probably important to him, but you're like knocked well, the dust off it. He, at the end of the day, he's like, here, I'll show you something. And he goes back in his garage and he had a locked door and he unlocked it. My wife had come back to pick me up and he, we go in there and it's a room probably about eight foot by eight foot size. And every square inch of all four walls were covered in plaques. I'm not even exaggerating. Every square inch. And then on the ground, there were rows and rows and rows and rows of plaques sitting in, in front of plaques, in front of plaques. I mean, he had probably 100 plus plaques in this room of, of wins. First place wins. You know, mat, local matches, small matches, nationals, regionals, like everything. Because I even joked with him and I said, do you ever get so tired of winning that you just like start using the plaques for firewood? Because you have so many of them. Because he did. What, I mean, did, what just, did he say? He just kind of giggled it off, you know. But, and I, I don't really know why I want to share that other than sometimes, you know, what we see from the outside of, of who we think is an expert and who we look up to, you know, they have their own issues and their own things that they're dealing with. So it doesn't necessarily make them special. How does this tie back to our own personal imposter syndrome and how, what it means to us, you know, this this world champion competitive shooter? Because he has his own form of imposter syndrome. I mean, he's he's dealing with his own things. He's if you if you if you have two world championships, don't you think you'd have them polished and on display where everybody could see it and take care of it? Well, he, I don't mean to take this completely sideways, but you know, like. He's winning so much in that spot of his life. Look, at we have a lot of buckets, Brad. We have a relationship bucket. We have friendship buckets. We have personal hobby buckets. We have financial buckets. Like, If you're not winning in all those different buckets, sometimes if you're only winning in one, you're not really fulfilled. And so it might resonate and show up in a dusty plaque hanging on a wall. Well, that's, that's my point is yeah. that he... he- he is winning in one of those buckets, but he may be losing in all the others. See, like to me, that's like, I want to win in a lot of buckets. I, and, and sometimes I'm winning a little bucket 
And and sometimes I'm not winning well enough in a certain bucket. I'm like, I want to go harder here, but if I go too hard here, I'm going to lose the rest of it, you know? And I don't know how this is tying back to imposter syndrome, but... My point is that everybody has imposter syndrome at some point, to some degree. It's something that everybody deals with. Yeah, I agree with that. And so when you look at somebody who you think is better than you, who has more experience, who has a business that's better than you, again, you don't know what's going on behind the closed doors. You don't know all the stuff that's happening, right? And so you, 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 shouldn't, you shouldn't have this ideology around, if you're not doing, if I'm not doing as good as Eric Triplett, then I am an imposter and therefore I should just give up. What's interesting is there's, I mean, the world's so big. There's such a huge population. There's so much going on. Like, look, let's face it. Half our audience, they don't even like you, Brad. I agree with that. Okay. And then conversely, half the audience that listens to us, like like nine people, right? So like, oh, let's make it 10, five to you and five to me. Half the audience, they don't like me. And so- uh, Go ahead. What, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, just because like, so you look up to that competitive shooter and you feel like there's a lot you can learn from him. But the reality is, you could probably have a greater impact on people than he ever could because, because of your, you know, your microclimate, like whatever you're at, like you have your own community, right? You have your own micro community around you. You can have a massive impact on those people. You know, like what, listen, like one of the things that I want to do, you know, I don't even like you that much. Right, Brad? It's noted. Yeah. Okay. I just, but dude, I want to go shooting with you so bad. That's all like literally, I think about that all the time. I just want to go shooting with you. It'd be so much fun. And like, I could learn a lot. And like, so what I'm trying to say is like, you look up to that guy. So you couldn't possibly teach anybody because you want to learn from this guy, but you, you literally could have a, a greater impact on a hundredfold the people that he could, because he he's doesn't resonate with certain people. Right. And so that's, what's, what's really interesting to me because like, so I think I'm okay at business. I think I could teach a lot of people that I look up to a lot of other people that know a shit lot more than me that I'm trying to learn from. But I feel like my personality can, can help a lot of people. And then the people that don't like my personality, they're going to like you and you're going to help them. And we can, we can really help a massive community together because we have different personalities, different training techniques, different, you know, just different approaches. And we could probably impact more people and help more contractors with their business and their numbers and their marketing and, and time and money and all that stuff more than the people that you and I look up to. I agree with that, except for one thing. You said there are 10 listeners, five like me and five like you. It's actually five people don't like me, but 10 out of 10 don't like you. No, so let's, let's get that right. <laughs> uh, I think you're wrong right there, bro. I think ten, ten. I think all ten of them like me, but like, th- like five of the ten might think I'm a jackass, and the other five think I'm cool. And like, but but five don't like you, and five tolerate you. Mm, no, no, it's five and ten. Listen, let's. I don't want to go down that uh, rabbit hole, but I don't know if you were trying to convince me or or convince our listeners. Either way, it sounded pretty good, but. To bring this back to contracting, 
you're going to have days where you feel like an imposter. You feel like you you don't know what you're doing. Your business, you're not making profit. You know, you don't feel like you have a handle on your numbers, your marketing. Like, there's always balls in the air that you're trying to juggle and, and they're constantly falling, right? You're constantly dropping them, picking them up. And so, first thing I want to say is it's okay. It's okay to have imposter syndrome at times. Two, you're not alone. The three, the make, and the most important thing is that you just have to keep pushing through it, right? There's, there are people out there in less, you know, less experience, less opportunities than you, and they're moving forward. And there are people out there that have way more experience and way more opportunities than you. And you're just somewhere in between. And it's not necessarily a destination. It's not a, it's not your identity. Your identity is not in your accomplishments. If they are, you need to get that checked pretty quick. But it's okay to have imposter syndrome, but continue to push through it. That's all I got to say. I, I, want, I want everyone to have imposter syndrome. I really want them to have it. Because cause again, it, I think it, it etches a little bit of humility into, into our person. And it just, it just brings a little reality check into your life. If you never, if you never get imposter syndrome, you know, you just, I think, I think overconfidence is, is overconfidence is really a bad place to be. And I think imposter syndrome, like, will kind of like level that out a little bit. So, I mean, if I, if I could wish anything for all of our listeners is to have some imposter syndrome, but have a relationship with it that is healthy. Because, you know, you, you don't want to go too deep, but you don't want to be too arrogant. You don't want to be too cocky. I think having a healthy, balanced relationship with imposter syndrome, I think is paramount. I'll share this real quick story and then, I'll, and then we'll get off here. And it just reminded me, and I think I, I may have shared this before. Whenever I decided to take up competitive shooting, I went to the first very first match. And I thought, oh, you know, former Marine, marksmanship instructor, like I'm going to go out there and, and just kill everybody. Like just come in first place. And I got out there and I started shooting and I did not come in first place. <laughs> I came in towards the end. So oh, I walked into that range overly cocky and I left it with a whole crap load of imposter syndrome. <laughs> so to your point, it's healthy sometimes to have that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important. And so I think that's the biggest thing. I, I, think, I think we really brought it home that it's healthy Everyone's got it. Everyone should have it. You should want it, and you should you should figure out how to weigh it to, to use it as fuel to to be better. And uh, I, th- I think that's I think that's a wrap right there. That's it. Take us out of here. Thank you so much for giving us your attention tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you spend the time with us. Uh, do us a favor and do the world a favor. Make the world a better place and share this with some contractors because you know there's some there's some jacked up mentally unstable contractors and our goal is to help stabilize them and help them through and be better businessmen be better people better human beings better dads better husbands and wives all that fun stuff so anyways i hope you guys are enjoying this podcast as much as we're enjoying recording it we will catch you on the next download 